following is a Gutter Balls special presentation. Beep! So, yeah, it was too boring for real life, but since we're recording a podcast now, um, I can talk about it. Sure, I have yes. the wireless. <laughs> I have the wireless headphones, and they connect via Bluetooth. You know, to your phone, or I have an iMac connects to that. It can connect to, you know, my laptop, whatever. But it will only connect to the last device that you have manually gone into the Bluetooth settings on your device and connected it to. So, right. for instance, if I connect it to my phone and then I try to connect it to my computer, it won't do it. Even though it says it will do it and there's a connect option, it won't do it until I go back to my phone and say, please disconnect this device. And you would yeah, think, Bluetooth, like, it would just knock yeah. it off of there. Just Yeah. I find Bluetooth generally to be so annoying. It's pretty annoying. Like, unless it's just like these two devices, these two devices shall remain paired always, which is a very uncommon situation. To be honest, even with that situation, it might be annoying. Yeah, probably somehow. I can't yeah. think of a way exactly right now, but that would probably be. Well, annoying. I know I have an iPad connected to a Bluetooth speakers in my kitchen. So I have an, an older iPad that wasn't really being used. And I was like, I know I'll just set this up. I'll put it on the counter in the kitchen. It'll be like a little multimedia iPad in the kitchen. So you want to like bring up Spotify or Pandora or YouTube or whatever, while you're at the kitchen counter, you can just do it. No, this is, like this is common practice for an older iPad, especially. Yeah. So I was like, okay, but every time the iPad, so eventually the iPad will run out of batteries run out of power right and when that happens if we're not up keeping up with keeping it charged and it runs out of power we boot it back up and then i have to reconnect the blue go into settings and reconnect the speakers and futz with it now i wonder what sometimes would... i just go into the settings and click like okay use the speakers it's like okay other times it's like use the speakers and it's like what are you talking about dog and then i gotta go up to the bluetooth thing and hit repair and then redo it it's like mm -hmm. yeah what do you think would happen in that situation where your ipad has run out of batteries so it's now out of the game you know it mm -hmm. fouled out and you got your phone which you had previously paired with that speaker but you tried to say like hey phone use that speaker boom would you have to go and do all the nonsense, like go into the settings, repair, blah, 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 or would it just see it and be like, I know you, boom. Um, so this is if I have a device other than that iPad. Yeah, you have two devices. Yeah, do I have to repair it? I'm not 100% sure. That's not exactly seems... what I'm asking. I'm asking something a little deeper than that. I'm asking if you would have to wait until the iPad rebooted Unpair it, unpair it, with and that. then connect. Or would the since the iPad I, is now fouled out, would the iPhone connect to it? Would it pair? So what it? I will say is what leads to the frustration is the fact that I don't understand. Like the, there seems to be no rhyme or reason why sometimes it works, sometimes I have to repair, sometimes I just have to go into Bluetooth and like, oh, there's a the device. I just click it, and it's like, oh, you're connected now. 
so part of that is the confusion. What I will say is I've never had to do that. Hmm. Like I've had times where I have this device. I want to pair it with the Bluetooth speaker. There's just like a pair button on the Bluetooth speaker. I hit that, the light starts flashing, and then I can just go into whatever device and say, use that, and then it works. But so far, at least, fingers crossed. Yeah, I have a speaker like that, and you. but once you pair it with an iPhone or a laptop or what have you, it remembers it. So if it's the only Bluetooth device around and... You know, you've paired it before, like your phone will just connect to it. So I used to have this mm-hmm. speaker when I was coaching basketball and I would play like, let's get pumped up music with my Bluetooth speaker. Right. And, um, you know, sometimes like other people would connect their shit to it at home. But then you go to the basketball court somewhere. Maybe other people aren't within range or they're not there yet. I'm getting people warmed up. And my, I would turn my phone on, even though somebody else had last connected to it, and it would just automatically, boom, connect. I didn't have to do anything fancy. At worst, I would have to go in mm-hmm. and just click it on my phone, but not put the speaker itself into pairing mode. Right. So there's a lot a lot of levels to yeah, Bluetooth it, business. Yeah, and, you know, the same, yeah, and it seems every Bluetooth device kind of works a little differently. Right. Right. Like with these rules, I will say, yeah, there's got to be a better way. And I guess supposedly they're trying to make it better. Like with each new iteration, it seems like they might try to do that. You know what I like, though, is just the, you know, if you're using Apple devices, has the AirPlay. Right. Because then it's just like, oh, there's an AirPlay device on your network. Like, it's just there. Well, here's what I'll say about that is, weirdly... And I need to do a little more experimenting. But if I have Spotify open on my oh, iMac, I know it'll, what you're say. Yeah, it'll yeah. be like, hey, you want to throw it to your headphones or this other thing or just play it here? Right. And you just say, put it there. And it's perfect. <laughs> so then it's not really the Bluetooth's fault in that right. case. Like it's somehow the third party, how they implement it. It's like their fault. We blame yeah. the engineers, Brad. Well, well, I don't think Spotify, when it does that, it's doing Bluetooth. Maybe it is. Because I know the one thing I'll notice is if I have, let's say, like Spotify open on my phone and on my um, computer, it'll just say like, oh, other Spotify's have been found. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, well, which one do you want to actually play this on? It's almost like I oh, imagine I, like if I had an old iPhone, I could just kind of plug it in oh, I see to speakers. Yes, and maybe that's it. Just control it with my uh, laptop. Sure, sure. So it's even it's doing some mumbo jumbo where it's like, oh, right. even though you're, you're hitting, you're using the interface on the laptop, I'm going to now tell this other spot. And like sometimes it's weird. Like I'll be at home on my home computer, and I have Spotify on my computer I use for work, and that'll be at the office. It'll be like, hey, do you want to play this in the office? And I'm like, yes. no. But one day maybe I'll find a good use for that. Well, it's like, can, you know, I can, I can spook some people out. That's the whole point. You've sometimes, been spooked. Sometimes you can spook some people out. I'm looking at this little interface here and, and you're right. It's, you know, listen on this computer or the Amazon Fire TV stick mm-hmm. or some other computer. So it's not. Yeah, you're right. It's like. But if it's you, us- do you have. Bluetooth? It's using Wi-Fi somehow. Yeah. 
If you Not do Bluetooth. have a Bluetooth speaker connected to your iOS or Mac OS 10 device, it will show up in that like AirPlay menu, but you still have to have it connected. Yeah. It doesn't show up in the uh, little Spotify menu, though. Yeah, that might be d- different altogether. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So, like, I have an iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil, and the Apple Pencil communicates with the iPad via Bluetooth. Yeah. But there's no pairing involved. What you do is you take the tip off the end of the pencil, like off the top of it, not the part where you write, but like off the other part, like where the eraser would be if this was a actual pencil. Just the tip? Just the tip. Okay. And then you press it against the sensitive membrane. Um, almost. You take that off the tip and it uh, it reveals a, a, um, a type of like protrusion. Protrusion? A protuberance. Pro- a high... A hard, narrow uh, organ, if you will. Okay. And then you push that into the slot of the iPad Pro. So so it's like you've got paired up now, like an external and an like a any and an outy, a concave and a con, and they go together. Yeah. Boom! Just slides. You just like snap it together. It's like okay, you're paired. Ouchie. Okay. And that's also how you charge it. Oddly enough. So that's more like... Like that lightning port doesn't just use it to charge the iPad, but the iPad can charge other things. Yeah, that's insane. It. It's kind of like having a little USB adapter for your wireless mouse. It's a dongle. Uh, it's a dongle. Well, it's not a dongle, really. You don't leave it there? Because the two things connect without any other weird little dongle, other piece necessary. But that's the dongle. You have to plug it into the lightning port. Yeah, but it's not a dongle. It's the actual pencil. The pencil has a protuberance, a lightning. Oh, you don't disconnect the protuberance. It's not a detachable protuberance. No, 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 no. Okay, you have to plug the whole pencil in there. Yeah, it kind of looks silly because you have a pencil like just sticking out. Yeah, sticking out, out, the out side. of here. That's crazy. But looking. like, is you well, one, you just have to do it for like a couple seconds, and it's paired well, what in about case you the, need to repair it. The charging, charging, charging doesn't take too long. Like in a handful of minutes, you can have a, a pretty usable charge on that thing. Um, is Are you now holding a small cover for the protuberance in your other hand this whole time? Or placing or it next it to the iPad? And, on the desk or something like and that. And hope yeah. that like a dog or a cat doesn't eat it or play with it or, yeah, you know, that, that it gets is a thrown thing. away. You're right. You're right. It's a downside. Hmm. It's, a da- it's a risk. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty substantial risk. Um, so far, it's it's worked out for me. Everybody's Fingers trying crossed. real hard, aren't they, to make good things? I, I would say so. Yes, I think so. I think most, if not all, people are trying real hard to make good things. Yeah, that that includes like shitty movies that I see. I keep reminding myself these are people that worked really hard to make this movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's easy to judge things and say, it that's, is. that's stupid, I hate that. Maybe without saying it, implying that I could do so much better. Yeah, but did you? Did you do a thing? What things have you done? Let's put it out there and let's all judge it then. How do you feel about that, you know? Better to do a thing and be judged than not do a thing and have no judgment. Sure. I think um, 
Aramon said that, didn't he? Something like that. Yeah. It's some some good stuff. Yeah. He don't do shit. He's like right. Brad Pitt. Go, go, go placidly something, something, something. Yeah. Yep. Cheerful protuberances, protusions. All right. I think that was the technology segment of the program. <laughs> yeah. We managed to keep it around uh, 15 minutes this time. That's not Maybe bad. just a little over that. Not bad. Last not time bad. it was around two hours, two hours, ten minutes. Who's the counting? technology portion. Who's but, counting? You know, sometimes you got to go into iTunes. The, you, that's got to happen. It's a deep cast, Brad. It's a deep cast. Exactly. Exactly. It, it requires a two hour plus preamble until we even get into the main topic. Which is what? Which is the Scars Guardians of the Galaxy. Two. This is the Scars Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Last week was Volume 1, where we mainly talked about Adobe Lightroom and digital asset management workflows. I think it's pretty appropriate, though, because, um, you know, we're all in the market for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 coming soon. Yeah. So I think... It's a, it's a Volume 2, as they call it, so it's perfect. Yeah, so Scars Guardians of the Galaxy deserved... A preamble to the actual episode, which would be two. I think it all works. Mm-hmm. I think we planned it like that. So these scars, guardians. Do we want to? Do we want to? Well, first here, that was the tease. Now we'll pimp the shit. Yes, because only only Jake will still be listening two hours from now. <laughs> right. Apparently, hey guys, <laughs> I'm gonna pimp the shit now. Go to iTunes and give us a review. How many stars gonna, should they give us? As many as they see fit. Just give us an honest review, but give us a review. Give us some stars. Even write a little something. And you know, that's all we really got to pimp. We can make the pimping simple. Let's not overtake the pimping. It's done. It's how it's you all- clog up the drain. But just go give us a review. On iTunes.com slash... What you don't have to worry about that, just go to iTunes and search you know you use it, yeah, because that's how most people get it. Sorry, all you alternative, sorry, Stitcher, but go to go to iTunes and uh, give us a review, even if you listen to us on something else. Go to iTunes anyway and give us a review, it would feel good, yeah, it'll help more people find the show, which in turn will help us. It and helps that us, will help us make more episodes, too. It helps us not be depressed about ourselves, because then we know people are listening, and, you know, we don't fall into a giant pit of despair. Am I wrong? Oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay. Let's stop it there. All right, continuing yeah. on. Just do that, everyone. Please, Jesus. Okay. Please. Scars Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. There's a There's a lot of these... Folks, Brad, they come from hardy stock, apparently. The Scars Guards. Yes, the, the, the Scars Guards are crazy. They're a Nordic peoples, you know? Yeah. They're strong. Their, their cobalt eyes will pierce your soul. They really will. I mean, so, okay, so, so, so let's start with the, the patriarch. And then we might get into his brood. Alexander. Yes. <laughs> that would be one of the brood. Well, I was saying he was the patriarch. 
No, the patriarch is Mr. Stellan, which isn't a bad name. It's a pretty good name. Stellan, I like that. It's a pretty good name. So, all right, the reason I said Alexander is obviously he's not the eldest right now, but neither right. was Stellan at one point in time. In fact, is No, that's like, true. Is his father even dead? And it's not always the eldest male who's the patriarch. Can it be, you know, the son or daughter who could be the matriarch or patriarch, even though the old elder is still alive? Or is is by definition the patriarch the oldest? No, I guess not. I would say the patriarch or matriarch. Typically is the oldest. Typically, for sure. But I guess if if whoever holds the power in the family, which I guess in some cases could be something else. Yeah, yeah. Well, hmm. I mean, Alexander has en- enjoyed a good run recently. Yeah, I was just saying it. Good old from, Eric Northman in True Blood right, that raised a, his stock a lot. True Blood point of view, like, you know. Just be- and because... The Skarsgård hotness rating is based on his face. Like, his face is the rating. So it's yes. like, here's how many Skarsgårds you get, but it's really, here's how many Alexander Skarsgårds you get. So he is that the is bar true. by which everyone's judged. So that's that why I was like, well, maybe so, Stellan, even though he's been around for fucking ever, isn't the Patriot yeah. anymore. I see what you're saying. Alexander is the Skarsgård by which all other Skarsgårds are now being measured. According to BuzzFeed. According to BuzzFeed, but I could go with that. Yeah, so we, we, we should mention that... Uh, this entire episode is based on a BuzzFeed post. Yeah. A brief guide to the Skarsgård family. And we'll put the link in the show notes. Already done. You can find it at gutterballs.tv slash 132. As this is episode 132. That's gutterballs.tv slash 132. Right. Find the link here. A brief guide to the Skarsgård family. So, yes, yeah. Stellan, though, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, he has. Oh, and by the way, you should go to gutterballs.tv just in general to find more of your excellent uh, thumbnails for these episodes because you had another one that was awesome last week, which I just saw today. The original Scars Guardians of the Galaxy episode. to remember. Oh, yeah. No, that That, was a good one. That was a good one. I was happy with that one. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. It tickled me, and I saw it, and I was like, that's good. Nice work. Nice work. You don't get distracted. Like, you're on a mission to find it, and you will not be swayed, which is what I appreciate about that shit that you do. Anyway, you're missing out if you don't go to there. But, (sighs) Stellan. (laughs) Stellan, a.k.a. the sex bomb, Scars Guard. (laughs) Did you go to his IMDb page, Brad? Uh, Stellan Skarsgård? Yeah. I, I was there last week. <laughs> Did you really take a close look, though? I must not have done that. You Danish scum. All right, let me, let me throw you something. What am I supposed to be seeing here? Here, hang on. I'll throw it to you. In the, This is a good way to do some radio. I got I got to throw this to you here. Hang on. 
How do I? I just want to send you a little message. There's a message. Did you get that? I just I sent did. it to you. So there's that. And then, he, and, and you tell me what common thread <laughs> is okay. in these, like, first, like his first four out of six movies. Okay, so there's okay. two, and now I'm going to give I'm you one, there. one last link. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is a YouTube one. Yeah, click on it, though, because I'm pretty sure I did a good job of giving it to you right at the right time. Oh. Wait, is that him? I'm not entirely sure. It's either him or the other guy. I don't know. Who's the other guy? I don't know. It's basically these two guys and these two chicks romping around the countryside, jumping in lakes and fucking. Well, when you sent it to me, it was a shot of someone. And you know, that's him, even though it looks nothing like Stellan Skarsgård, in my opinion. Okay, but it's 1972. It looks a lot like Alexander, though. Well, then, there you go. So I'm saying that must be him. Yeah, that's probably him. With his schlong dangling in the breeze. You see his penis. Yeah. Well, he seemed to be in a lot of these kind of like European films. Well, let's call them what they are. Low budget erotica. Not to be confused with Walt erotica. I don't know if they're low, but it's hard to judge. They might be high budget erotica. I don't know. This is not high budget erotica. Well, yeah, I guess. Okay, well, it's maybe, it's, maybe it's maybe it's high budget erotica. 1972 Swedish standards. We just don't know. Okay, but I'm talking more like maybe you're right, but I'm thinking like Basic Instinct as erotica, which I've never actually seen, but I assume it's some form of like American erotica for its time okay. and place. Maybe Hollywood, yeah, right. But that's high budget erotica. It's like mainstream. Yeah, totally mainstream, and this seems more like. We're out here being like, ooh, doing some crazy shit. We can be gorillas. We can rock the boats. We got a low budget. We don't answer to anybody kind of shit. And so just watching this, the movie, just, it seemed kind of lame. <laughs> yeah. So this first one. We should paint a word Fem, picture. Fem Dong I August. Yeah. I don't know how to say that or what it means. 1973, however you look. Stellan Skarsgård plays Krister. Who's that? Mr. Krister, perhaps? <laughs> Maybe. Also, Maurice Boudini plays Plake Nooser's ass. Wow. Is he that has, like, a, gets, like a sex double? I don't know. Maybe. I guess that might make more sense. I was just imagining. I didn't know those people body doubles normally got credited like that but i guess maybe he has such a famous ass right the ass was featured so prominently that it like it was like some kind of swedish guild rules that it had to get credited if it has more than 20 seconds of screen time featured in at least like a third of the frame right he needs to be named right although this was good this was a good uh education for stellan probably because he that? went on to be in a lot of mainstream uh, sexually explicit roles. I or knew, so I'm led to believe. I knew we'd get into that rotten stuff soon enough. <laughs> we got, you talking about the Von Trier stuff? Yes. Well, I already yeah. referenced it once. Not that stuff, but that man. Oh, you did? Come on. 
went over my head. Really? Maybe. Brad, you Danish when did scum. You, Danish scum is from that? Oh, my God. Maybe you don't know this. Is that possible? Here we go. I'll just wait while you tick tack a tick a tick a tack tack away. Tick a tick a tick. Oh, it's from the kingdom. Yeah, and yes, and yes, and ticky ticky tack 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 tick tick. Well, I know the kingdom is Von Trier. I know that. There you go. Well, I'm just saying. I know what you were going to reference. Nymphomaniacs, volumes one and two. Scars guard. There's there's that. There's also isn't he uh, breaking the waves? Isn't he the lead in that? Although I've not seen that. I haven't seen it either. But yes, he's in that. He's in a lot of. He's in Melancholia. But the Kingdom. This goes back to 1997. Yeah, breaking the waves. 1996. Okay, but we hadn't seen breaking the waves. I still no. haven't seen it. You haven't either. But we watched the Kingdom. Danish scum. Yeah. I didn't really watch a whole lot of that. Well, I watched as much as you did. You we watched it together. It. You saw a lot more of it, I think. How were you not watching it? We were both watching it. Remember, he's on the rooftop. He's pumping his fist. Danish scum. Dude, we used to go around pumping our fists and saying Danish scum. I, I just thought that was from Shakespeare or something. Oldness is a disease, Brad. The memory is the first thing that goes. What's it like being a year older than me, I wonder? You don't want to find out. I hope I never Enjoy do. these next 12 months. Well, no, I'll never be a year older than me. I'll always be a year younger than you, so it's nice. Danish scum. Yeah. Here you go. But uh, yeah, breaking the waves, I'm told... Well, that's not going to be. I know by reputation, and I guess it is. You know, well, it's Von Trier, right? He doesn't shy away from the unvarnished truth <sighs> of human biological functions. Jesus Christ! Whether that be like reproduction, mutilation, mutilation, urination, insemination. Perhaps I should say micturation, 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 micturation. Yeah. Defecation? I'm thankful to not know for sure. Yeah. I'm happy to not know that as well. Well, Mr. Let's Have the Unvarnished Truth, I thought you'd be gobbling his shit up. No pun intended. Or was there? Yeah, you'd think I would be watching The Kingdom. Why not? Why aren't you? Why aren't you watching Breaking the Waves? I always wanted to. Breaking the Waves, I couldn't ever find anywhere. Though I decided at one point I wanted to watch it when I was going through my little uh, Von Trier phase. When was that? Like after I saw Antichrist. I was like, I want to watch everything this guy ever did. I'm just eating some pizza, but that was what? Three three years ago? Four years ago? Something. Three, four years ago, yeah. Back when you convinced me to watch Antichrist? Yes. There it is, Danish scum. You sent it to me. Here's the thing. I know I rail it's, against it's Antichrist. It's described as the best line from the <laughs> series. Well, it's the only one I remember. Um, yeah, I rail against that movie, but it obviously had a profound impact on me, and I'm not by any means recommending that anybody watch it. I would never do that. 
I'm not a. Are fucking, we talking about the kingdom now? Or I'm talking about Antichrist. About Antichrist. Okay. Not a fucking monster like some people who co-host this podcast with me. But what I will say is, after watching Antichrist, I'm like, well, they all can't be this horrible. Let me watch the sci-fi one, and I watched that one, and it wasn't as upsetting as Antichrist. And it was like, okay, if Melancholia is as upsetting as he gets, like I would explore his entire catalog. But the thing is, I can't take that risk, Brad. I'm not willing to risk it. Understandable. Understandable. It's definitely not for everyone. But that's the thing. I feel like it is for me, but I'm just not going to do I. I don't know. I just I'm being too timid, I guess, but I just won't do it. I, I yeah. Uh, well, I did watch Nymphomaniac part one. Part Did that come out first or did part two come out first? Wh- part Wh- one did come out first. OK. Wikipedia was a little being a little tricky, if you will. About now that. that would be such a that would be a, such a great stunt. Yeah, that's what I figured. Release part two first. He was being a little fancy. That would there. be just up his alley to do something, right? So it'd be like releasing episode ridiculous four or five first. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd just be dumb. You would not do that. Yeah. But he might but get speak- away with it. Yeah. But no mainstream movie or self-respecting person, Hell no. unless you're super pretentious Maybe. to get away with doing that. Boy, Jesus, I don't know how you, like, how would you even be that pretentious? I don't know. Yeah, but speaking of... Uh, it's not going to happen in our lifetime. Disney's Star Wars. <laughs> Disney Jesus, Star- you blew our cover. <laughs> Disney's Star Wars Rogue One, a Star Wars story. How are they going to take... Wookies and cookies seriously now. <laughs> oh, they'll 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 eat up the Wookies and cookies, believe me. At least half of them. Go ahead. Sorry. But in in Rogue One, they uh someone I was I was watching a review of it and they like they compared the ending of that movie to the ending of Melancholia. I was <laughs> like, you know, you're kind of right. It's about They're just right. kind of like well, you know, it's like Lars von Trier's Star Wars or something. We did the best we could, and now we have to resign ourselves to our fate. <laughs> right. We're just going to sit on a beach together and look at the horizon. Until we get incinerated. Yeah. <laughs> hey, in, a, in, a, in like a planetary cataclysm. Well, it wasn't planetary. Quite planetary, and, I know. Yeah. Why wasn't it planetary? Just because they couldn't do it because they had to save that because in episode four. They were locked in already. They were like. To a timeline. Now we're just going to blow up like pieces of continents. Yep. We'll even blast it offshore so it has time to get there so we can have some dramatic moments. Right. Not just blast right down on top of everything. Yeah. Target about 500 miles away. Right. We want to go. We want them to experience horror, like existential horror, for a good two to four minutes. Although, if you think about. Von Trier's The Star Wars. (laughs) If you think about how long it would take to climb down out of that big ass tower, that protuberance, that proboscis. Where the Hall of Records was, it would take a lot longer than two minutes. 
especially since there's like no power. You'd be like what going down stairs? I guess. Would take well, is like, that what happened? It would take like forty five minutes. You're saying well, how did they the get out of there? Shot from the Death Star, they were still in the tower. I mean, I only saw the movie once, so I don't, I can't say I have a very clear chronology. Well, of exactly me too. How that happened in but my what's mind. His, what's his name? Wakes up and he sees it there. I don't know. Wouldn't you like try to get on a ship? <laughs> Unless it took, like you knew it was already done. Like maybe we find a ship and we we go away a little bit. <laughs> Which yeah. has been established as a thing that they have done themselves. Right. Uh, the last time they blew up a Yeah. They got in a ship. A mass. Yeah. And escaped. But it's like, well, this time we're not going to try. It'll be okay. Let's just die. We're going for the Von Trier ending. <laughs> not the John McClane ending. We had the John McClane ending. Now let's, let's Trier, Von Trier it up a little bit. Unrelenting sadness and despair. Breaking the waves. You felt like you wanted to see that. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I guess because it was Von Trier and it was kind of like earlier. And this is after you saw Antichrist? Yes. Well, after I saw Antichrist, I was kind of like... Was that your first Von Trier besides The Kingdom? No. Although that's the first time I watched it, like, realizing. Gotcha. I think the first Von Trier movie I saw was actually in the theater. And I had no, no fucking clue what I was getting in for. Dancer in the Dark? Yes. Hmm. Have you seen that one? No, but I read a very thorough description of the entire movie just so I would never watch it. That like more or less was like that you you yeah you could oh, read blow the description by blow yes like and every be like thing. I now know I do not need to watch this correct because I don't need that level of soul damage that's correct that's correct I'm like yeah I was like oh I just read it's like it all. a musical with Bjork and it like <laughs> right. is avant garde it's supposed to be okay awesome oh it's like opening night let's go see it wait isn't Bjork Swedish? Icelandic, I believe. Oh, she's Icelandic. Or or maybe she was Swedish, then Icelandic. I don't know. She's Icelandic. But is that still a Nordic peoples? Are Icelanders a Nordic peoples? Or is that just the three over there? I'm not able to answer that. Okay. Well, I mean, Nordic. Nordic We split hairs here. I mean, come on. You're up in the cold areas. Nordic. It's pretty close. Nordic is Norway. That's really just that? I think so. Wouldn't that just be Norwegian? No, Nordic, relating to Scandinavia, Finland, Iceland, and the... See, come on. Oh, wait, Scandinavia is a country? Scandinavia refers to Norway, Sweden, and Finland. Nordic refers to Scandinavia. I don't know why they put Finland in there again. Iceland and the Faroe Islands, whatever that is. So, Nordic... Nordic's all that... So, so Iceland is Nordic slash Scandinavia, as Correct. well as Norway, Sweden, and Finland. Well, that's what okay. Scandinavia is, Norway, Sweden, Finland. All right. Or maybe maybe well, Scandinavia Von, is not yeah. Finland for some reason. And Von Trier is uh, Danish. Right. Hence the Danish scum. Oh, Scandinavia is Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, not Finland. Which is insane. You don't. You can't have Finland in there. It seems like you know what? Maybe it's their their 
weird cuddly relationship with Russia that Norway and Sweden were like, no, fuck you, Finland. Are you sure Finland isn't part of Scandinavia? It's not. I just looked it up. I really thought it was. I thought it was the three and then Denmark, but no, it's not. I feel like it might be like subject to interpretation, maybe. I, I don't know. I've seen a couple different sites, not just Wikipedia, but yeah. It's a little, well, a little strange. In any mm. case. I mean, I think it, it should be Finland and Iceland for that matter. Well, so maybe, Iceland maybe is considered more. part of it, right? You listed it on the that little was, map I'm looking at. That was the Nordic. Scandinavia. That was Nordic countries. Well, I thought Nordic and Scandinavia was the same thing. But that's not what, you know, the internet was telling me. Nordic, adjective. Oh, they're relating not the to same thing. Nordic, relating to... Scandinavia, Finland, Iceland, and the Faroe Islands. Oh, I see. I know it's hard to convey just with words and no images. Trying to paint a word picture here. And I thought, like, Scandinavia was kind of that whole, like, you know, hugging the Arctic Circle. Basically, if you touched the Arctic Circle and you weren't Russia in Europe, like, you were a part of Scandinavia. But I guess not. I don't know, man. I don't know. What does it matter? Bjork is Icelandic. Uh, Von Trier is Denmarkian. He's Danish scum. And Stellan Skarsgård is Swedish. Yes. So they're all Nordic. One way yes. or another, they're all Nordic peoples. One way, they're all connected culturally in some ways. Yes. Right. Hence, we have Von Trier directing Bjork and Stellan in a movie. Was he wait? Was he in Dancer in the Dark or not? Stellan, um, I don't think he was. Oh, he's in a lot of Von Trier shit. He's, he's in, in Breaking the Waves. He's in Melancholia. He is in Melancholia along with his yep. son Alexander. Yep. Alexander's in that too. Melancholia, shit. yeah. Wow, and Kiefer Sutherland for God's sakes, right? Yeah, it's strange. That's a weird casting choice. It's an interesting uh, amalgam of people. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst, Dancer so, in the Dark. Oh, I wanna shit, he- yeah. I want to hear about your experience. I mean, yeah, I went to see it. How old were you? 24, 23. Okay. No, 24, 25. I don't know. What year did it come out? I don't know. But it, uh, somewhere in that range. Dancer in the Dark came out in 2000. So yeah, so I was 24, like 24. 25, yep, probably 24. Unless it came out right at the end, then I was 25. Right. Wait, do I have that right? Yeah, I have that right. Yep, but the, uh, the our, our friend Peter Stormare was also in Dancer in the Dark. Oh, I there you go. I to throw that out there. There you go. So there's a, a connection to the good old Lebowski. Did Bjork, did Bjork cut off his Johnson? No. That would be very fitting for a Von Trier genital mutilation film. It would be. There was no... Oh, he wasn't Dancer in the Dark. It's weird. I wasn't even looking it up. I just glanced at my computer monitor that I had the IMDP of Stellan Skarsgård on, and it was like Dancer in the Dark 2000. There you go. Yep. He played Doctor, though, so I guess he had a small role, potentially. (laughs) That was his character's name? Doctor? It just says... Oh, I know who he was. I remember the Doctor they're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it couldn't have been that small. 
or unless it, it was a very like, impactful scene. It wasn't just scene. small, like, oh, there was a guy in the bat in the one oh, scene that boy. was like, excuse me, I'll stop the bleeding. I'm a doctor or something. Like, there was a doctor involved toward the end of the movie. He wasn't much of a character, I don't think. Gotcha. No, it's okay. Yeah, Dancer in the Dark is soul-crushing. Like, you know, I, I remember reading this review after Dancer in the Dark. Oh, after I saw it, a skating review saying, like, Von Trier, um, you know, doesn't so much, <laughs> like, make movies as much as he just likes to, like, do a theoretical mind experiment of, like, how he can torture his characters the most. That sounds and, about right. Yeah. From the two and that I've in seen. The dark. And at this point, he only had a couple movies out. Um, now, but, you know, the thing about that is, like, on a, on some level, I agree with that. Like, that's the whole thing. You've got to put these, like, hurdles in the way of your characters, right? But the thing he forgets, it seems like, is that they should jump over them sometimes and succeed and right. win. Or you should, you know? root, yeah, or you want to root for them. Right. Or you want to believe that maybe they can. Or I don't know, maybe that's even more cruel. Because I guess that kind of, yeah. Yeah, so I want to see this movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Bjork's in it. It'll, it's a musical. It'll be fun. She's like, oh, stickers, crash, crawl, blah, 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 blah. You know? No, I don't, but I love it. <laughs> no, that's one of the songs. That's actually one of the songs. What songs? It goes like that. Is it actually a musical? <laughs> it is a musical, yes. Okay. Dance oh, in the Dark boy. is actually a musical. Like a bona fide musical? A bona fide musical. Peter Stormare sings. <laughs> the the soundtrack to it, I think, like was a big deal. It won awards and stuff. And it's weird because like I'll be listening to Spotify or something and a Dancer in the Dark song will come up because I listen to a lot of Bjork. And it's just like, no. Post traumatic, like even if it's a nice song, it's like post traumatic stress okay, disorder. So, like, l- right? But so musical. Uh, where was I just listening to this? Um, you know, difference between a musical and a movie that has like musical elements in it. Oh, it was on Judge John Hodgman. Not to buzz market that show. Who listens to that? I do. But whatever, they were talking about, you know, the difference between musical and a movie that has music in it. For instance, like Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2, Mm -hmm. I guess. Pitch Perfect 2, as opposed to like La La Land is what brought it up, or like Moulin Rouge even, where when the person sings, it's almost like a respite from reality while advancing the plot. So they're in there, you're hearing their thoughts, and it's, it, well, non-diegetic, I guess, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they just yeah. come back into it and, like, we know some things as the audience. And then the movie continues. But if you imagine it as, like, a, a solid black line that you've drawn with a pencil, horizontal line, and then there's breaks in it. It's either solid, which would be a narrative film, or it's a dashed line, like a dotted line. And then in the spaces, it's, like a different color it's blue or red or something and that's the musical numbers but without those musical numbers you can't get from point a to point b whereas pitch perfect would be a solid black line that you draw with like different colors over top of it 
you wouldn't need it necessarily to advance the plot. That's, okay. not, ex- that's not exactly right. I'm trying my best here. Yeah, no, no, I think I got you. But you're saying Dancer in the Dark is a musical where it's like, I w- now we're like, there's exposition, there's plot advancement, like during the songs, we're, we're hearing what they're thinking. They're not just singing yes. a song, like it's part of the story. Yeah, well, like, right, they're not just singing a song as part of the story, definitely not. Like, like, like in Pitch Perfect, where it's a movie about singers, and then they sing a song. Right. Granted... But they're singing a song Pitch Perfect that does we know, have like, a weird elevated sense of reality in it also to some like I think. Well, I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming I mean, I've seen pieces of it and that's the sense I got. Okay, you how know, about this? Like, how about Elf well, where like Zoe Deschanel is in it and she sings a song yes. a couple of times. That's not right, a musical yeah. just because no, she's a singer, not. you know? Yeah, no, so, Dancer in the Dark is not a musical. Like, Dancer in the Dark, like, Bjork, like, works in some kind of factory. Like, she's making sheet metal or something. You're saying it's not a musical? It is a musical. Oh, it is. Okay. she's making sheet music and then she starts singing about her life. Wait, she's like, making sheet music or sheet metal? <laughs> Wait, she's making a sheet... I have such a confusing idea of this movie all of a sudden. Sheet metal, like Metallica. <laughs> like Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield come in for one thing. I mean, that's Von Schreer. Lars von, Lars von Ulrich and James Hetfield and Kirk Hammett come into the sheet music yes. factory? Yes. And it's like treble clefs and bass clefs printed out on thin sheets of tin? Exactly. Jesus Christ, this movie's fucked up. And Bjork, like, sings them. Yes. That movie's fucked up. I'm glad I never watched it. And that's what you call a musical. But then it turns, you think, like, oh, what a nice, interesting movie. It has Metallica and Bjork making little tinkly sounds. Ryan Gosling's in it. It's going to be nice. Right. (laughs) And a sheet musical factory. But then (laughs) it becomes horrible. It becomes so unbearable. He just might as well take a box cutter and just rip it through these people's lives. Right. Repeatedly. Well... Right, and that's what happens in Antichrist and Melancholia, the two that I've seen. Mm-hmm. But the difference, I guess, is when you saw Dancer in the Dark in the theater, question, who did you see it with? I saw it with my wife. You might know her. Her name is Christine. Chris, yeah, that's it. And some acquaintances of ours, you may know them. Their names are James Jamie and Audrey. And Aud- yep, of course. I believe we went to see it together. Huh. I was like, hey, let's go see this. I've wanted to see it. But this movie was like a big deal. Like, but, well, big deals were like, it was had advertising, like mainstream. It wasn't just like, right, right. oh, maybe the art house theater might show this if we're lucky. I've been waiting for it. You know, it was like, no, opening this Friday, Dancer in the Dark, Bjork. I think the deal uh, is it was a Bjork movie. And I think that's yeah. probably why you guys went to see it. It's like, whoa, holy shit, that's weird. Bjork's well, in like a, a musical, a movie. That's yeah, let's it's see a it. music movie. But it had a lot of like, it wasn't just like, oh, there's a Bjork musical. Let's see it. Like again, like it had no a like movie Saturday with Night Bjork Live, in it. Saturday Night Live even like slightly parodied it and stuff. 
my point, though, Brad, is that you weren't yeah. going to see a Von Trier movie. You were going to no. see a movie that had Bjork in it. Well, at this point, Von Trier was practically an unknown quantity. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I was not. I was, I was rudely and violently introduced to Von Trier. I was sitting in a black room with the lights out. Well, you can't and they leave. projected Von Trier onto Ugh. the wall. And it bounced off the wall and into my eyes. You can't go to the bathroom. You can't go up and, like, get a snack, really. You're kind of locked in there. I'm not one of those people that goes and wanders around during a movie in a theater. No, no. If I'm no. in my house, it's like I'm in the kitchen. I can hear it. No, I'm good. I can hear it. I'm just getting a drink. But if I'm in the theater, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, so you're subjected to it, with, and you have no recourse, basically. Right. It's almost like it's just one step removed from uh, Clockwork Malcolm, Orange. Right, they Malcolm put the McDowell. On his eyes. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just watched that like a month ago. Um, so you watch that, but so that singing and dancing and the most human suffering you can imagine. But then, so six months later, if somebody would have said, "Hey, you know Lars von Trier." Would you have been like, oh, yeah, oh, hell no. yeah, dancer, or no, just you wouldn't have no. known. It took me a while to reconnect, because I then gotcha. later learned of Von Trier. Um, With Antichrist? Or just in general, Breaking the Waves, all that shit? No, just, I would actually say like almost everything from that. Like I knew Dogville. Oh, Dogville. Um, Which is more upsetting, Dogville or Dog Dogtooth? Or is Dogtooth a part of Dogville? I did not see Dogville, so I can't... So Dogtooth is separate from Dogville. Yes. Okay, I don't want to see either one of those. Dogville had um, Nicole Kidman. Right. And there was no sets. Whoa. As I understand it. Didn't think that was possible. Yeah, the whole thing just takes place on like a wooden floor with like darkness. That sounds awesome. So you saw Dancer in the Dark in like 2000, and then okay, and then you didn't see another one until Antichrist. But somehow, in between yeah. those two, you became fully aware of Von Trier just in research, like wandering around the internet, trolling, yeah, like I guess quote movies taking place on dark floors, end quote sort of thing. Yeah, I guess I knew him with Antichrist and Melancholia. And maybe I, but then one day it all got like put together for me. Yeah, I think I knew Antichrist. Like I knew of Antichrist, right? And I knew of Melancholia. And it was like, oh, Lars von Trier, he makes these crazy edgy movies. You got to see, he's like a filmmaker, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, Which- okay. And they're like, oh yeah, he did Dogville. And I'm like, oh, I remember that movie. Okay. Um, I don't remember and, Dogville at all. Yeah, because it, like, um, Dogville, like uh, like Dancer in the Dark, it had, like, press around it. Well, I guess all these kind of do to some degree. But, yeah, I remember, like, reading about it in, like, Entertainment Weekly or Wired Magazine or whatever. Like, oh, Dogville, it's the new weird movie. There's no sets. I think Dogville gets the highest IMDb rating of any of his movies. And then, um, so I knew of him, and then I think I watched 
Antichrist. And I was like, as you know, I liked Antichrist. Listen, as you know, I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I'm just saying a lot of other things. I was like, okay, I'm actually interested. Who the hell is this guy? And I may have to see some other stuff. And I am now I have to go see Melancholia. I got to figure this out. I'm with you. Um, and then I then on Netflix, it came up with a because I was like, oh, you you liked Antichrist? Well, check this out. This thing called um, the Five Somethings. Oh shit! What the fuck? It's this documentary about Von Trier called like the Babadook. The, no, like the five, the five obstructions. All right. Which would actually kind of be, uh, I don't know. All right. So the five obstructions, right? It, it's pretty, I would recommend checking it out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm good, good. <laughs> um, it's a documentary. Okay. Um, where Lars von Trier, in essence, I'm writing like, it down. Invites this other, um, like, got it. Danish or Scum. Scandinavian, I don't know, Nordic, whatever, mm. like experimental filmmaker named Jorgen Leth. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I don't know how you say an O with a line through it. Who the hell knows? Or a J or a G for that matter. I think I can handle the ENs. Jorgen anyway, so Leth? He, Jorgen Leth, he, he is some weird experimental filmmaker, and he made this film called The Perfect Human in, like, the 60s. There was this short experimental film, and Lars von Trier was so obsessed with this, and I guess this made him what made him get into film and everything. Talking As, about like, a young man, he saw this and was like, shit. The Perfect Human? Yes. So then there's these five obstructions, right? So in essence, so <laughs> Lars von Trier invites the guy to his house and it's and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to give you this task, these challenges to do. I want you to recreate your film, the five the or your film, the perfect human, but I'm going to give you an obstruction, you know?" Wait, 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 wait. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's wait, all just, right. It's confusing. It's really wait, confusing. Wait, wait. <laughs> Lars von Trier goes to Jorgen Leth's house. And Technically, demi- Leth goes to Lars von Trier's house because von Trier is some kind of freaky agoraphobe guy. And then most of the time, von Trier tells Leth to remake his own film. It's and almost Va- like a challenge, like a reality show type thing or something. But that's the one who made the film that Von Trier is obsessed with. Why is Von Trier dictating the terms of this arrangement? Good question. I don't know the answer to that. I just he figured was like, I got it wrong, but that's actually what's happening? Yes. Oh, He's God. like, you're going to remake this film, but here's what here's what you need to do. So what like, was the first throw obstruction? Some element. Oh shit! I can't exactly. Well, listen, you started down, and you don't know any well, of the obstructions. No, I can think of some of just... them. Well, I don't want to give away some of the obstructions, right? But because one of the you obstructions. Want people to watch this movie. Okay. Um. Here, let's see the obstructions. You don't want All to right. spoil it. So here they are. They're in. They're in. I'll tell you the first one. Okay. 
and Wikipedia lists all five obstructions. The, the first obstruction is... Just give me the first. Maybe the first two. Leth must remake the film in Cuba with no set and with no shot lasting longer than 12 frames. And he must answer the questions posed in the original film. Lars von Trier's a piece of shit, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about insufferable. What's the point? Right. And why would Jorgen Leith or whatever... Put up with it. I don't know. In it's 2010, like, Variety reported rumors that Lars von Trier, Martin Scorsese, and Robert De Niro planned to work on a remake of Scorsese's film Taxi Driver with the film made with the same restrictions as were used in The Five Obstructions. Oh, good. Um, a 13-year-old Jodie Foster prostitute with a Harvey Keitel pimp. What could possibly go wrong in the hands of von Trier? Yeah. It's going to be well, again, great. He wouldn't be doing it. He'd just be dictating these obstructions to Scorsese. Jesus but in Christ. a way, he's created like his own weird. I don't know. It's it's. It, I feel a certain kinship, right, with some of the bizarre obstructions we place on ourselves. <laughs> like we're only going to talk about this movie minute at a time. It's going to take five years to go through a whole movie. You know, we must bake scones. And we're okay with that. Talk about and you should be too. I know. I get it. I get it. So this is similar. It's like okay, you're gonna. I'm gonna give you some crazy things to do, and let's just see what happens. Go remake your movie, but make it in the worst place in the world, but not show that place on screen. That's one of the obstructions. I mean, Brad, I get it. I'm gonna reiterate. I don't think that von Trier is. A bad filmmaker is he insufferable yes mm-hmm. do i think he's a bad filmmaker no obviously he's yes. a very effective well, filmmaker watch- because his movies affect just wait just wait now because yeah. his movies affect me so very much and like i appreciate even though i think it's insufferable i appreciate that he puts these five obstructions on this <laughs> <laughs> like filmmaker that he thinks is a fucking legend and now he's going to do it to two other legends in the cinema world and my point Brad here's my fucking point dude it's like again playing two notes right next to each other they're too fucking close it's dissonant right it's too it hits a little too close to home perhaps how about that sure I understand what you mean. Um, the uh, So what I'm going to say is you should check out The Five Obstructions. Hopefully it's still on Netflix. You will get a closer look at Von Trier and his persona. Um, you'll get these bizarre things. It's something that's like simultaneously so insanely pretentious, yet also kind of fascinating and interesting. Kind of like you, like what you were saying with some of the the discord that happens, right? Yeah. I should add that uh, in 2014, Paul Schrader, the screenwriter for Taxi Driver, said that they're not doing this and said it was a terrible idea. <laughs> Somebody has So those some rumors sense. in 2010 were just not, I don't know where they really came from. But Schrader said, in Marty's mind, it was never something that should be done. So the rumors were probably started by Von Trier to try to get Marty and uh, Bobby to do it. 
Which I have to say, if they did do it, I understand you don't want to fuck it up, like fuck up your legacy by doing this. You know what I mean? Yes. But at the same time, like how fucking fascinating would that be? Marty and Bobby, go remake your film in Cuba with no set and with no shot lasting longer than 12 frames. I think. Go. Yeah, I don't. And you'll be able to see that. I don't think it would be that fascinating. I think the first thing you said is accurate. It would just be a total obliteration of both of their careers and legacies that they've created over the course of the last, whatever, 40 years, 50 years. Because like anything, be it a legacy, a movie, um, playing basketball, it takes work. And you have to put the work in Mm -hmm. over time. And no matter how much you put in over time, like you can destroy it just like that. But to build it right. back up takes all that work. And yeah. that's where the pretension or the pretentiousness, whatever, pretense, I don't know. That's where that comes in. It's like you're going to put these people in a position to ruin everything they've ever done. It's just like the movies that he writes and directs. Well, He's going to put people through the ringer and like yeah. cut them to shreds with box cutters if he can. Yeah. And I'm like, would it be fascinating well, say, to watch? Maybe, but like, yeah. so is uh, like tsunami disaster footage. That doesn't mean I right. wish it existed. Well, and that's part of what's behind these obstructions is it's not just like like the first one saying like, oh, no shot has to be, can be on 12. It's like a technical obstruction. But the rest do get much more psychological. And like, what are you willing to do with your film and your own legacy and your own persona? Right. And kind of like in the second obstruction. Which I feel like if this was a, a milk toast like American version of this, the second one would be almost too far, or that might have to be the fifth one. But it's the second one already. More or less, he says, you have to make the movie in like the worst place in the world, but not show it, and like you yourself have to star in it. So in essence, what he made this guy do is go to like the red light district of Mumbai, like this total impoverished area. And go there with all his fancy cameras and everything and set up like a screen, like a backdrop so he could stand in front of it and act, but not actually film any of the stuff around it. In essence, being like totally, in essence, just saying, go be a huge dickhead. (laughs) I dare you to do it, to do something so dickish like this. Where does also, when Leth fails, Von Trier does punish him. (laughs) It's that's how it says in the Wikipedia description. You're having a good yuck over this, but I'm not finding it that amusing. <laughs> it's fucked up. I just think it's so weird. It is fucked anyway, up and weird. I don't think it's humorous, really. It's like I'm I got a little grin on my face just it. from you. I'm not laughing with it. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, all this is to say it's I insufferable. knew the five up. When I watched the five obstructions, yeah. I was then like locked in. I know who Von Trier is. I just watched like a two hour long documentary with him. So you went dancer in the doing dark. All this, doing all this shitty stuff. Then the five this. obstructions. That's the order? No, no, no. Oh. The order. Well, for, I'll tell you my mental order of Von Trier, not the oh. chronological order. Okay. Which was Von Trier's a which was kind of like Von Trier's a crazy avant-garde director. He did Dogville. 
I might have known he did Breaking the Waves. Like, those were the films mentioned or whatever. And then and I, I didn't see them. I'm just like, okay, there are these weird things. Oh, Antichrist is out. Oh, my God, the trailer for Antichrist is crazy. Like, what the fuck kind of movie is this? I want to see that. Oh, look, Melancholia, also by this same guy. Wow, really weird. That looks like a strange film. All right. Oh, look, Netflix. What am I going to watch tonight? Recommended for Brad, Antichrist. I remember that seemed like such a fucked up movie. I kind of, okay, I'm going to watch this. Oh, my God, what the fuck did I just watch? That was fucking brutal, yet brilliant. I'm real. Okay, Von Trier, this is a fucking interesting. What's going on here? All right, let's watch Melancholia. Actually, no, then it was, let's watch The Five Obstructions. And I was like, okay, this fucking Von Trier guy, super pretentious, crazy, like, I don't know, insufferable, yet kind of fascinating. He didn't make Antichrist, which I thought was actually a great movie. All right, let me check out Melancholia. Okay, not brutal. I mean, kind of super depressing and stuff, but not brutal in the same way, at least physically. All right, I know this Von Trier's guy. I'm locked in. I understand him. I can talk about him. And then one day, it was like, oh, yes, Lars von Trier did Dancer in the Dark. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What? Gotcha. I've seen Dancer in the Dark a long time ago. Hmm. That was Lars von Trier. Hmm. Okay, it kind of makes sense now that you mention it. And I remember reading the article about him putting his characters through the blender Okay, that is Von Trier. It's all, it was connected. There was two separate ends. It's like I started at this end of the rope, then jumped to the other end of the rope, and then I had to bring them together and connect them. That's really funny because, like, you, I didn't really know his name even until you were like, ow, like, something bit me, jumped up and bit me in my ass. That's not what you said. That just happened now. You were like, go watch Antichrist. I'm like, all right, I'll see what this is all about. But I didn't. Yeah, I kind of blew it with that, didn't I? No, You'll you never didn't. watch another movie I recommend no, ever no, again. No, you didn't blow it. What I'm saying is, you manufactured a maybe accidentally, but you manufactured a very similar experience for me because I watched Antichrist right. and it was brutal and horrible, and I'm like, oh, never again. But then I went and watched Melancholy, and I was like, okay, okay, yes, depressing, but not, again, brutal in the same way. And then I jumped back to the beginning of the rope, like, today or yesterday or last week, whenever it was, when I was like, holy fuck, the kingdom, Von Trier. Yeah, yeah. And that was literally 20 years ago now that I watched that, and I was like, holy shit, that was Von Trier. But that yeah. didn't have, like, that physical brutality either. It was just... No. is in that whole... Like, we were just full-on in lynch mode. Twin Peaks, yeah. wild wild palms. We were anything weird and fucked up. was not even fucked up. Just weird yeah. was good enough. And, like, that was on. But no clue who that guy was. And I think um, Breaking the Waves was already out. Wasn't that 86? Or not, yeah, not 86. Was, was it 86? Yeah. Maybe early 90s. It was definitely early before 90s. Kingdom. Anyway, before the Kingdom. And maybe one other one. Like yeah. One other relatively well-known one. I think at some point I put I, I knew he did the Kingdom. I want to say it was before I did the Dancing or the... So I kind of did two... Yeah, like 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 two 
backwards where I had to like reevaluate everything because I think I was at some point like I think it might have even been before I watched uh, Antichrist where I knew there was this weird Von Trier guy that was supposed to do crazy stuff and then one day it was like oh yeah he did the kingdom and I was like what the kingdom like I never expected to hear about that no. You know what I mean? No. Oh, I know. Like, no one knows what that is. No that one. That was just some weird, random thing. Random shit that, that came on. That we stumbled on. upon. That, like, no one would ever, is not supposed to know. It's obscurity it was, was, even around, was most of the reason why we watched it, you know? Yeah. And I think it was around the Dogville time, actually, where it might have been like, oh, yeah, he did the kingdom. I'm like, the kingdom? But they made an American version of that around the same time. Of what, the kingdom? Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. See, I look at, I I regarded the kingdom as similar to what you sent me today, astronaut.io, where you're just witnessing, like, random stuff, like random images, video, that no one else has really ever watched or will ever see again. It kind of is mm-hmm. a little mundane, maybe out of your sphere, and it just kind of comes and goes, and it's there, and then it's gone forever. But no, there it is. Fucking Von Trier and Stellan Skarsgård is in there. Both of them. Yep. Stellan Skarsgård, also in another uh, Gutterballs classic, The Hunt for Red October. You loved that shit. Plays uh, good old Captain Tupolev. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he leaves in his sub to go uh, sink the, hunt, the Red October. Does he succeed, Brad, or should we save it? I think we should save it. All right, let's save it. Um, and The Hunt for Red October, directed by? Uh, what the fuck's this? John McTiernan. There he is. Yep. Director of The Hard. Yep, The Hard. D-Hottered, D- if you want to be stickler right. about it. but So, again, another gutter balls connection. Yep. It's, we're, we're slowly building just the foundation of our web. Well, it's all there's a purpose to it all. Uh, eventually it will be revealed, but it's going to take some dedication. 7.6 rating on IMDb, Hunt for Red October. Mhm. Mhm. I might go watch that after we're done here. Yeah, I was actually last week to get prepared for uh Scar's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. I uh, I got sucked down a YouTube hole. Where I was just watching the movie, but just not in order. (laughs) Like, I started watching a clip. I wanted to watch a clip with Stellan Skarsgård. Because to be honest, I was like, he was in that? I don't remember. Captain Tupolev. Or really, so like, I, you know, Googled a clip with him. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is him. That's totally him. And then, like, it just, you know, just auto-played another clip after another clip. I must have watched the clips for, like, half an hour. So you saw a good 30% of the movie, probably. Yeah. And just from all over the place, like the first scene, middle scene, the whole part where the Jonesy is like, he kind of runs home to mama. Anyway. I don't remember that one. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's now, Cuttlefish. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Every once in a while, I check that feed to see if they got another episode. I'm not done watching that, listening to that. Really? Do you believe it? I just was listening to it. Um,. Where was I going? I was going to Philly this last weekend, and I was I was listening. I'm still back. Uh, I have like three more episodes left. Did you listen to 
I guess you're through stained glass featuring yes. Todd Glass. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Been a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm on the one where they are talking about the physical release. Right. Oh, boy. You're, yeah, you're right towards and the end. And so there's there. three episodes. I have. Oh, like, boy, you've got some real shit ahead of you. And yeah, by shit, ahead. I mean, like, awesome shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. I got to, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. I've just been savoring it so much. I know. It's one well, of the crown jewels of my podcast feed. Oh, definitely. Um, I admire or I admire your restraint. Um, I guess we should acknowledge that uh, Gutterballs is sponsored this week by you talking you two to me. Um, give them a listen. Thanks, guys. And bonobos. <laughs> bonobos. You can't spell bonobos without. Bono. Bono. <laughs> now, cuttlefish, Brad. Yes. They start out real small, I guess. Well, I think that was a species of dwarf cuttlefish. Well, it did say that they were hatchlings. Yeah, okay. But they also said dwarf cuttlefish, so, but yeah. They were I hatchling dwarf. Fish start out really small. They start out like little tiny wigglers. Except you know, for, they're in those little eggs. Except for sharks. They're in essence in like you eat caviar, like they're inside that. Sharks just are, get spit out, don't they? I don't know. They might. I think now like that great you say whites that, that just sounds familiar. Birth them out. They might be carried, which is weird for yeah. a fish. Right. But yeah, most fish start out real small. Um, now cuttlefish, they seem like a descendant of trilobites or trilobites, but apparently trilobites are officially extinct. But they seem very similar. Um, I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, a trilobite, like a trilobite, is like a. I always thought a trilobite was like a little, like it had like a shell and stuff. Well, it does. It has an exoskeleton. Does a it's cuttlefish like a little, not? No, a cuttlefish does not. Oh, I don't think okay. a trilobite is like a little. Uh, it's like, it's a like a crab or something. Yeah, it's like a little horseshoe crab. Is what it looks like. Well, I don't think no, they the were that little. Cuttlefish is almost like a squid. Oh, that makes sense. There's a it's restaurant. It's like halfway between a squid and a fish. We got a restaurant it's right like, down the street that serves them with a little like balsamic reduction on them. It's really delicious. I but don't know. You, I cannot get into eating cephalopods. Well, uh, and I don't mean culinarily. I mean ethically. But whatever. I understand. We don't need to go there. No, I I understand. I didn't realize they were a cephalopod. Honestly, um, yeah, I'm not big into eating them either. Uh, especially octopi, but maybe cuttlefish are similar. Any, like, an octopus fucking decorates its home. <laughs> like, right. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be. And they, like, know. sneak out of their cage and, like, open up a jar and take stuff out of it and then sneak back into their cage and shit. I know, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. But, whatever. I'm bigger than it, so I'll fucking eat it, I guess. I eat a dolphin, you know? What's the big deal? If I can catch it and eat it, sure. Of course, I'm not catching the octopus. It's all breaking down. Fuck. Anyway, these dwarf cuttlefish hatchling things. Well, they're tiny. They're like, um, not quite tic-tac-sized, but... No. They're not quite, uh, like a... Yeah, they're definitely not like a, uh, apple size. They're not apple size. They're not ping pong ball sized. Yeah, they're bigger than like a grain of salt for sure. 
tapioca sized? I might just go with pea sized. Maybe pea sized. Maybe pea sized. Maybe they're pea. Yes. I'll go with that. Pea sized. I'm going to put a pea sized amount of cuttlefish <laughs> on my toothbrush. <laughs> well, it's a cephalopod. You don't want to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. That would be horrible for them. Pea sized amount of cephalopod. <laughs> Cuttlefish do have a unique internal shell, the cuttle bone, apparently. Right. I know that because here's the other thing I know about cuttlefish. You can buy that bone of theirs in pet stores in the bird section, and your little parrot or parakeet will chew on it, and it helps their beak. They kind of whittle down their beak with it. So Chili used to have that and do that. How unique. After he would shit on... Dave's shit cape. It's like we need something for this bird to chew on. I know. Let's use the bones out of these these bizarre cephalopods that happen to have a bone. Well, they were probably walking around on the beach and it was just strewn with these useless cephalopod bones. These, you know, by chance cephalopod bones. And they probably saw like seagulls swooping down and like pecking at and like kind of weirdly not eating them but scraping their beaks on them they were like huh that's what makes a good business person brad you see an opportunity you see a need that isn't being met and then you see an opportunity with the cuttlefish bones and then you bridge that gap we're not good at doing that unfortunately yeah one thing i just learned recently about cephalopods (laughs) is that they have uh they have green blood, just like Spock, just like Vulcans do, because their blood is based on copper instead of iron, which is what they always talked about with Spock in the original Star Trek. Well, that's where they got it from then. Yeah. But I didn't even know that like, something like that was like, I had no idea. I always just thought that was a, maybe just because it was in Star Trek, like it was a characteristic, just like we're a carbon-based life. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, blood is based on iron, on earth beings. And they're like, well, let's do something goofy. Let's say it's car- copper-based or whatever. You know what I mean? Like cuttlefish or octopus or But I guess you do squid. have earth yeah, earth creatures that do have this copper blood. Because there's the, always the episodes. There was an episode in the original series and an episode in The Next Generation where they like came across the theoretical silicon-based life form. Well, Alien is silicon-based. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, I mean, that is a science fiction... Trope? Trope, perhaps, because, you know, there is, I guess, due to, like, you know, there's a reason we're carbon-based, right? And if you look at the way carbon bonds with different things, like, it just makes sense that life would be carbon-based. But silicon is, like, pretty close... Like, if there's not going to be life based on carbon, you could do silicon-based life, theoretically. It would be pretty different, but it kind of has a lot of these weird chemical things. You know, so, like, yeah, there was, like, well, it's silicon-based life, right? But, uh, yeah. And I guess even in Star Trek, life is still just all carbon-based, more or less, throughout the galaxy, I but every once in a while, it's like, oh, this is a silicon-based creature, and it's like totally weird and different than anything we've imagined. Yeah, it was I remember seeing one episode. I don't remember if it was TNG or the original series, but 
was like some gas cloud or something, but it was silicon based. Yeah, it wasn't a gas. I mean, not a gas cloud, but that's what I remember. So it was very like vastly different. Right. In TNG, yeah, it was the ugly bags of mostly water. That's what they called us when once we were able to figure out how to communicate. Ugly bags of fucking assholes. Right, exactly. (laughs) Meanwhile, like Alien, for all intensive purposes, Fisk, isn't that different from us. End of the day. It's got acid for blood, but, you know, it's got two arms, two legs, a couple of mouths. It's not that different. Right. It has like a head. Yeah, it's got a head. Maybe no eyes, but, you know, mouth, fingers. Meanwhile, I think it's kind of a narrow-minded point of view to assume that most life is going to be carbon or silicon-based. Like, I, I know there's, on some level, there's a way that the universe works, but we're always finding out astonishing new things that just break all of the (laughs) rules that we thought were laws. And I think life may take on so many vastly different, many forms that we just won't even be able to cope. Like if it was presented to us right now without any buildup or like the slow burn of scientific discovery, we were just presented with the first non-Earth-based life ever like right now boom here it is like we maybe we couldn't comprehend it like westworld show him a picture it looks like nothing to me right yeah or you know like i've heard the you know the sci the sci-fi premise you know that maybe uh you know we're in the middle of a vast intergalactic civilization we just have no way of even knowing it's there it's so far above us Right, like, like an ant hill, knowing correct. that it's like next to a interstate highway. Even if like they if wanted, they don't to, understand that. Even if yeah. they wanted to communicate with us or to us, like all we would experience would be like an earthquake or something. Yeah, or like random piano notes in my house, single piano notes, dune, dune, like that. It was doing it again, like crazy yesterday, but always one at a time. Have you only heard this or have you witnessed it? What do you mean witnessed it? Well, like if your piano is making those noises. The piano is not making the noises. It was, I've heard this before we even had the, like I have an old keyboard from like 1999 Concert Mate 990. It's from Radio Shack. But, like, that's not plugged in. It's, like, well, right. nowhere Do you it even is. have a piano in your house? We have, no, we have, and then a Roland keyboard, which is also Okay, electronic. so you don't even have a piano. No pianos, no. Okay, so that changes things. I guess I just was assuming you did, because when you're describing it, I was imagining, like, you, what you were saying to me is, like... We hear, like, someone tapping on the piano keys, but, like, no one's doing that. Well, that's exactly what it sounds like. Except, that's what it sounds like, except in addition to no one's there tapping on the keys, there's not even a piano key. That's correct. There's a keyboard. the sound, okay. But it's off. See, that's somehow less scary to me now. Because I'm just like, well, it's just something, like pipes expanding or, you know, something somewhere... I mean, it's it's not scary to me. I never said it was scary. Right. Well, to me, I weird. felt like, oh, shit, your house is haunted. Yeah. You got to get was, out of there. 
The yeah, if there was a piano, told me this story. What I was thinking, I understand. If there was a piano and we were hearing like, <laughs> like that piano being played, yeah, that would be scary. That'd be no. This is just fucking strange. It's like yeah. bringing the Mountain Dew home and putting it on the kitchen table, and then four hours later, it's gone. Well, you do have teenage, well, a teenager and her cohorts in your house. So there was one teenager. Only my daughter, you might know her, name's Jules. It was only her in the house. And I grilled her about this cup. She's not a very good liar. She had no idea. And even then, try to throw something away, Brad, where nobody's going to find it. I drank beers when I was growing up. And I'm like, holy shit, where am I going to put these beer bottles now? Like, you got to run them out into the woods or something. Like, where are you going to put them? I looked like, in all yeah. in all the trash cans everywhere, down to every trash can outside. Sneak them out in your backpack. That's all you can do, and, and then, then you throw gotta, them out at like a public trash can somewhere. But then you're going to have it in your backpack when you go to school. You know, you got to be well, careful with that. Get rid of it before then. Well, you're getting driven to school, so yeah. And then you're throwing it out had, on school property. I had a um, athletic field within walking distance from my house. And they had trash cans there? And there was trash cans there. So I could, when I say walking distance, it was like, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't like right next door, but maybe like quarter mile from door to trash can, all told maybe. I'm trying to imagine where that was. I kind of know where your house is. <laughs> that's where you met my parents that one day, I think. And that's near your home? You were like at a football field type place where you met them, right? I don't remember it being like a football field type place. I mean, it had maybe it, it, we were yeah. in a, under a tent and whatnot. Yeah, that was no, more focused no, on think, the pierogies. Yeah, I think that's where that was. And my okay. house was just up the street a little ways further. Okay, no, could be, could be. I could have it wrong where that was, and just in my mind because it's been described to me, and that's where I thought people were saying it was, like where my parents said it was, and I just got it confused. But that was probably anyway. pretty confounding to see that image. When you first saw I was it. confounding, yes. <laughs> Nothing I like better than to confound some people. <laughs> you are a confounder, without a doubt. Anyway, I really suspected that Jules was trying to confound me. So I'm very suspicious of that. I'm still not totally convinced that she didn't. But if she did, like, she would have had to have gotten the cup, like, gotten out of bed, gone in there. It's filled with liquid. She would have had to... Dump it out somewhere. Sink? Toilet? Didn't hear any toilets going off. Then get rid of the cup. And I came back out at like midnight because I'd just been thinking about that Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And I knew it would be icy, like a little watered down, but still icy. Like I'm like, hmm, I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm going to go drink that. I know it's sitting out there. I went back out at like 1130, 12 o'clock. Gone. And I spent the next hour, I even got my wife up. You might know her name's Leslie. We looked around everywhere. You were like, what happened to this Mountain Dew? Shit, this is so important. I'm going to wake my wife up. Well, after like half an hour of looking around around everywhere, yeah. (laughs) That's interesting. You guys have an interesting relationship. We didn't have work the next day or anything. Well, that's a little better, I guess. 
I mean, it was during Christmas break. We had like 10 days off in a row. So you enter a bit of a different world at that yeah, point. Yeah, okay. If it was just I like a so. normal like Saturday night, like I wouldn't. But also like we had just fallen asleep probably. And she heard me like wandering around. I think she was like, what right. are you doing? I'm like, you saw, <laughs> I brought the mountain. I didn't even have a lid on it, Brad. It was, you know, like a 32 ounce or no lid. I don't like to waste the plastic. I remember bringing it home in the car because I put it in the door on the bottom of the door. They have like a little area there where you can put drinks, you know. I remember looking at it like, ugh, I don't like that so much because it doesn't have a lid, but I'll just close the door carefully. I'll be careful. And brought it in, put it on the table, and then like fucking three, four hours later, nowhere. Maybe your daughter lies better than you think she does. Maybe she does. I have not ruled that out as a possibility, which is why I spent at least an hour looking fucking everywhere. Now She, she was probably like, you know, I'm going to have a sip of this. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. Okay. A couple months later, maybe a couple minutes later, she's like, I'm going to get another sip of that. Which is fine. That. But where? And then like, slowly over time, she was like, oh, shit, I drank it all. I was just trying to take little sips, and I ended up drinking it all. Who can, Daddy she know, will be so disappointed in me. She knows that's not the true. Evidence. She knows that's not true. Like I don't give a shit. But say it is true, I'd be all like out of my mind, pissed off. Where's my Baja Blast? Like where did she put the fucking cup? Then where'd she put the ice? Maybe she ran it to the woods. The dogs go nuts when a door opens, man. Maybe. I don't know. Did you search her room? She is fucking terrified of going out there by herself. But maybe she did. I'm saying maybe she put it in her room somewhere. I did search her room. Not as thoroughly as I would have liked. But I mean, once now. the next day, it's too late. She just yeah, sneaks day. it out. That's why I insisted on doing it that night. I did look in her room. Like, she was asleep. I looked in her room a little bit, but not everywhere. So, so what are your theories, then? Well, Yellow Man came. I prefer Golden, Golden Man. Man. What's his name again? Golden, Golden Man. Man. I don't like Yellow. That has some kind of gross right. connotation. It's a little too Donald Trumpy. It's a little too on the nose, if you will. Uh, Such as it is. Um, that or the Lartes. Shit. Should I edit that out? Um, or I don't know. When I was bartending at Sharky's. You might know it. It's a bar I worked at. I had to count the boxes, and the nickel fell down on the floor, and it was just nowhere. It was just gone. Okay. Spent that was another like at least an hour, maybe two hours, all told, like looking mm-hmm. everywhere for this. First of all, you want your box to be right. right. You don't want it to be off, and it's just annoying. Second of all, like where's this fucking nickel? It dropped, and then it's just gone. It's not in my fucking shoe, you know. It's nowhere. There's that. There's the chunk of avocado that my wife, you might know her name's Leslie, dropped between her feet. I'm looking at it. It drops. It kind of lands between her feet. I can't see it right when it hits, and then it's gone. That's what we call a glitch in the matrix, my friend. My mommy got me an Amazon Echo, and I was going to hide it from myself because my wife, you might know her name's Leslie, doesn't like the uh, AI listening to us, which I can't blame her. I was like, I'll use it down in my office, but I'm going to hide it right now. I'll go put it down there. Now that's gone, too. Hmm. Um, you could just have someone living in your basement. Well, that's the thing. But I check all the like, rooms and closets. 
Yeah, but they move around. They're always like right behind you. You never quite. You turn your head and they're gone. Like they 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 they're just crafty. I'm pretty good though. I'm pretty crafty too. You make a lot of like crazy Ivans. See, there's another. Uh, Red oh, that's October a hunt for Red October there. maneuver. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty crafty myself. I think I would have at least seen some signs. I just don't know. You're asking what other theories I have. It's either Jules took it. I really don't think so. Or Leslie got up, even though I wasn't really fully asleep yet because I was just thinking about it. So, And that's the other. I'm sitting there thinking about it. I hear people going around. Everybody was in bed. Um, there's There's just practical reasons and just like experiential reasons where I don't think it was one of my family members. Mm-hmm. It's not to say I'm correct, but it's just it's that doesn't it's right. Not. But that but that is the simplest explanation. That's the explanation that will make people not believe that there's a supernatural force. Well, in I don't your think home. it's supernatural. Well, I don't believe in that's anything. That's because you're a rationalist. So, like, yes, it's something. It's something I don't might understand. Be considered supernatural, but just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it's supernatural. Exactly. So it could be an alien. It could be psychic energy or whatever. But once those things are having an effect on our world, they're no longer supernatural. They're just natural anyway. Correct. I would just like to like be in the loop. Like maybe we could have a a little five minute stand up before this kind of shit happens. Like just get like. Okay, you don't need my approval, maybe, but just fill me in. You know, keep me in the loop. I want it on my radar. That's all. Just from Who would a really be in this stand-up, like me and the aliens or whatever. Okay, just let me know yep. somehow. I don't know how that would be. Again, maybe it is. Maybe that's the piano notes. Maybe that's how they're letting me know. Hey, we're gonna take your Mountain Dew. Dun. We're gonna take your Amazon Echo. Dun. We're getting a little craving for some guacamole. We just need a nickel. You don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it for this whole podcast. (laughs) Maybe. We've just got through Stellan. Yeah. And barely. We really mostly talked about Von Trier. (laughs) There's a lot lot of hot scars guardians left to discuss yeah. so the future well, I guess is ripe. next time we'll have to get next time we, we pull out this conceit we'll have to talk about uh, alexander make it so 